For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing. Yes, we're back. Um, winter break is over. Back to the business. Those who, of course, subscribe to the Substack already had had the pleasure to listen to us earlier this week. Uh, to everyone else, a happy new year. Stefan, you're back. Um, you're officially back today. This is your first day back at work um, after getting two days off. Those gods, man. <laughs> But how is it going? <laughs> Yeah, very, very well. I should say I had more than two days off. I didn't just, just wasn't my Christmas holidays didn't, uh, you know, wasn't just two days. I had a, quite a considerable time off, actually. Uh, and as we talked about on the bonus show this week, I filled it up with some sci-fi books. But no, I'm doing very well. Nice to get back. Uh, I was itching to get back, to be perfectly honest with you. And there's just so many kind of transfer rumors that we have to kind of pick up on. There's so much stuff that I just kind of didn't ignore, but I did my best to just kind of stay off Twitter and you know, not read the football mm. news every morning, but I've come back to not only some pretty interesting rumors, but also some bro some done deals, actually, which one in particular that went through on Thursday. Uh, sorry, Wednesday, actually, today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we're, going, we're going to start with that one uh, right after the break. This episode of the Gegen Pressing podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back. And BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And is your continued source for all sports wagering information. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. That's it, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So yeah, Stefan, you alluded to it. Um, Kevin Schade, which means uh, actually means too bad in, in English. Um, transfer from Freiburg to Brentford, um, Premier League side that, of course, just beat Liverpool. Um, this is a really interestingly structured deal. Brentford were already in for the for the striker in um in the summer and uh back then freiburg basically said no we're not letting him go um because of the, the the really tough schedule that they had ahead of them um 
What happens since though that is that he hasn't really played that much and this seems this you know at first glance you look at this and it's like okay well Bundesliga side is losing a talent to the Premier League um, but when you know, I, I, I did write a little profile on him for Transfermarkt yesterday um, and when you look at his actual numbers I mean obviously very talented incredibly fast one of the fastest players in German football um, but on the other hand hasn't played a ton and this is where one where I'm saying, okay, well, this is really good. This could be one that really works out for all parties involved. Um, Freiburg get a lot of money. Um, it's initially a loan, but uh, once Schade hits a certain amount of plays games, he Freiburg will receive 25 million, and that's an obligation to buy, so not uh, an option, right? So mm -hmm. the moment he hits that option, it's a done deal. Um, Schade gets to go to a new club. Um, maybe a little bit of a fresh start. And Brentford are getting a player with an enormous amount of upside, you know, because if this does work out, I think this is the sort of player, I actually personally think this is a player that does really well in the Premier League, has an incredible amount of speed, is very direct, doesn't have a lot of goal scoring in him yet. And I think this is maybe a little bit of a downside, but um, Stefan, I actually think this is a win, win, win. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right in saying that. I, you know, we've only seen very little of the player actually just because of how little he's played for Freiburg you know even even though he has maybe got like 30 appearances it's kind of spread out over two seasons uh, and a lot of kind of substitute appearances a lot of kind of you know late cameos so it's not really as if we've even had like 20 or 30 matches of or a stretch of 20 or 30 matches in which he started week in week out and has really established, established himself very quickly as a Bundesliga star so it's an interesting one that, you know, he's potentially going for that amount of money. I do kind of raise an eyebrow at the lack of an obligation to buy. Um, I think we saw this as well when Kablak obviously moved to Liverpool um, a few seasons ago when there was no obligation to buy. It didn't work out and then he just went back to Schalke. And I remember at the time thinking, well, what does Schalke get out of that? Because, you know, um, yeah. they either want the money for him or they want to keep him. Um, but a loan deal means that Liverpool can almost find out that he's not that good and then they can just return him. But in the meantime, Schalke are without a pretty decent player for them. And I do kind of wonder if something might happen similarly with Freiburg where, you know, Brentford give him some game time. Um, he gets the odd kind of goal or assist, but perhaps doesn't do enough to justify that amount of money. Uh, and then he just ends up back at Freiburg and he's just basically lost out on six months of de development. So that's my only concern with that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, on the whole, Brentford are a very good side when it comes to, um, you know, scouting young players. Uh, they've picked up a few really interesting ones, actually. Aaron Hickey, from my part of the world, who's a very well-regarded uh, left-back and right-back, actually, um, who moved to Bologna in Serie A mm -hmm. and then Brentford kind of plucked him from there before. Uh, bigger clubs could move in so they are their whole business model is based on kind of finding these players before the clubs above them find them and i think you pointed out in the article that uh you know he was all he was he was on the radar actually in the summer and they tried to sign him then so yeah. uh it's an interesting one i can't say i've seen a huge amount of him from what i have seen he, like you said he's a very raw player um Certainly wouldn't say he's done enough to kind of justify that kind of transfer fee just yet or to suggest that he's ready to kind of fly straight into a Brentford first team. But um, I don't know. I, do you think Do you think this is kind of like, uh, do you think this is a good value for Freiburg? If, let's say, they do end up, you know, um, triggering that clause, 
do you think Freiburg are quite happy with that kind of money for that player? Yeah, I do think they're quite happy with this. I mean, if he does, um, if he does trigger that that obligation to buy, right? That's twenty five million euros, which is um, a new record deal for them. Um, it beats the twenty one point one million euro deal um, for Soyunku, who joins the Leicester City. I think it was in twenty 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 one, and so this this is an, is this a big amount of money, and it's a player that they quite frankly don't need at the moment, right? Um, and this sounds harsh because it, it kind of makes Schade sound worse than he is because he's, he, I, I do think this is a player that has quite a bit of upside. But sometimes, you know, um, Freiburg is a team that has developed um, rapidly over the last year or so. Um, they play in the Europa League. They, they won that Europa League group quite easily, right? Um, and they are second in the Bundesliga, which is something that we have to remind ourselves often of, um, that they actually... You know, quite high up their understandings. They're chasing Bayern Munich at the moment, and in in that entire time, and yes, he's come back from an abdominal injury, right, which kind of set him back. But he hasn't really managed to break into the first team. I mean, you look at the statistics. He's played uh, twelve games across all competitions, scored one goal and two assists. Um, his playing time has been two hundred ninety-five minutes. So let's say it is the worst case, and um, he doesn't get that twenty-five million euro move. Um, I think that's probably very unlikely, but um, let's say it has happened. It's not like this is a player that was really highly like on Freiburg's uh, depth chart at the moment. So I think they looked at this and said, okay, worst case, we're getting 25 million euros. This is very likely that we're going to get this. Um, it does give the club a very good reputation of um, moving on players, producing talent, right? And that's something that Freiburg really wants to wants to achieve uh, in the medium term, um, has sort of that reputation within Germany, but they, of course, want to have it um, kind of abroad as well. And, you know, this reminds me a little bit of what clubs like Ajax or Benfica do, Stefan, that you try to keep your core players, right? But every mm-hmm. once in a while, you sell one of those surplus talents. And I, mean, I don't, again, I don't mean this degrading. I do think that Kevin Schade has an enormous amount of upside. And if it does work out for, for Brentford, they, they have a really good talent here at their hands. Um, and so I think also, and this is the other positive, this is really positive for, for Germany as well, because Thomas Frank, the Brentford head coach, has, has said that he wants to turn him into a number nine. Hey, that's something that we need. <laughs> <laughs> German football screams at number nine. So if Thomas Frank, who I think is a really good head coach, can turn Kevin Schade into a productive player, I think that's a win not just for all those three parties, but maybe German football as well. And when you look at his U21 stats for the German national team, he's been quite productive there, right? Four goals in five games. Hmm. So, yeah, I think this is this is also something where I think where if you want to be a development club like Freiburg, you look at this and say, okay, this player is obviously served of going somewhere else, right? Mm. Um, and that helps you when you talk to agents. When you say, you go to an agent, okay, if this guy comes here and it doesn't quite work out, we'll make sure that he there will be a move for him that's, that is a good move for him, right? And then that gives you sort of an upside of maybe getting certain players um, that you would normally not get. So I think for Freiburg, this is a, an excellent deal and it kind of shows you what they are all about. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because you look at the kind of numbers that have been involved and they're probably at the top end, if not the ceiling of maybe what Freiburg could demand for a first team player, you know, who's who's flying through... Um, flying through the league with tremendous form you know 
the numbers mentioned aren't far off what they got for Nico Schlotterbeck last season to Dortmund. So yeah. this is perhaps why they're looking at this kind of deal and thinking, well, you know, if we does end up moving for that kind of money, then it's probably what we would have gotten a couple of years' time had he kind of been a, become an established first-team player, mm-hmm. had he started scoring goals, had there been a lot of buzz around him. Um, I know we're going to talk about another striker who perhaps will demand even more money than that eventually, but... I think where Freiburg are right now in terms of like their finances, their stature as a club, um, that kind of money is probably no, probably the extent of what they could probably demand for an in-demand first-team player, as we saw with Schlotterbeck and as we have seen with other players at the club mm. uh, in previous seasons. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so let's move on to the next one here. Or Do you want to add anything else to this one, Stefan? No, I think we're done. Perfect. All right, so the next one here is Kolumani. Um I still can't believe... I can't get over the fact that Frankfurt got this guy for free. I mean, <laughs> Stefan, that must be the steal of the century. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of done a good job of kind of uh, characterizing Frankfurt's rise from... Not obscurity, but from almost like, you know, the kind of basement of the the Bundesliga into this kind of like European love story in a sense, you know, he, he like the club itself has, you know, he's now playing at the biggest high stage uh, demanding to be considered an option for some of the biggest clubs in Europe. Uh, Just as Frankfurt are kind of making waves in the champions league, he made waves in the world cup with France and, has now been linked the last time I checked with uh, Manchester United and Bayern Munich most prominently. Um, And yeah, it's really interesting. And it's going to be really interesting to see if anything comes of it in January because just to kind of set the stage here, um, the club itself have kind of responded to these rumours. You know, Oliver Glasner came out, I think, during the club's training session on Tuesday and said, you know... um, something extraordinary can always happen, but the conditions for us to stay together like this, which I consider very important, are good. So kind of roundabout way of him saying, Mm. there's nothing to suggest to me that he wants to leave. There's nothing to suggest that the club are entertaining offers. And, you know, Mm. (laughs) some of the the numbers that have been quoted, uh, you know, I think maybe the French press said maybe something like 60 million euros, which if I'm being honest with you... um, I think Frankfurt would bite your hand off for that, to be perfectly honest. I think they should bite your hand off for that. Um, as good as he has been in the last 12 months, and maybe this is something we can kind of agree and disagree on, um, I've kind of been really impressed with him to an extent. Um, I think a lot of the conditions have kind of played into his hand in the sense that he's had a lot of game time to kind of get up to speed with things at Frankfurt. He's done very well there, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think a lot of the praise that came his way from the World Cup, although justified, was quite con- it's quite convenient or quite um, fortunate in the sense that obviously two or three of the players who would have been in front of him in that France squad had to drop out through either through injury or, you know, particularly yeah. in that World Cup final where Oliver Olivier Giroud just seemed to be well off the boil. So he's he's had a very strong, what, 12 months, not even that long, maybe six months since he moved for free to Frankfurt. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like if someone was to offer that kind of crazy money for him... Um, I think Frankfurt should bite their hand off for it. What do you think? Well, it's a tricky one, right? Because like 60 million euros, um, you you look at that and you say, okay, well, that's a lot of money. But on the other hand, they, and I alluded that in the, in the midweek part, right? 
uh, for our subscribers that mm. this club this club wants to look and be a consistent Champions League club because that that offers them a real path of growth. So do you take this shortcut 60 million euros and jeopardize um, you having maybe a longer term growth path, right? Um, and I think that's really the cost analysis that you have to do here. Um, mm. Is 60 million euros now going to jeopardize you making 40 million euros by reaching the Champions League again next year and another 40 million euros the year after? Mm. Um, and then you look at that and say, like, what do we get if we get sell Kulumuani now? Like, are we getting the 60 million now and how much are we going to get next summer? Like what if his, his career continues the way it is? And if he has, let's say um, a good game against Napoli or two good games against Napoli and then another two good games in the Champions League, what does that do to his market value? Right. Um, I mean, looking at transfer market and we, we discussed this um, for, for transfer market in the video, the, the market value update after the world cup, when, when Frankfurt signed this guy, um, he had a market value of 15 million euros. It has since gone up um, to an astonishing 37 million euros, Stefan. And it's not going to stop anytime soon because you now have 60 million euros offers coming in, right? Mm. So I I suggest um, without giving anything away that his market value will once again go up when we do the Bundesliga market value update over on Transfermarkt, right? So this is a player who's second in scoring in the Bundesliga with five goals and 10 assists. The only player who's been better than him in that regard is Sajama Musiala, who we all agree is probably the best player in the league. <laughs> and so, you know, he's he's really, really good. Where I do agree with you, though, um, is that Frankfurt were kind of lucky, right, in terms of him making that World Cup squad. Because if Benzema is not injured and Kunku isn't injured, he isn't there, right? Mm. Um Nonetheless, he did go into the squad and then basically gave Frank France not only a squad option, but a player who actually played serious minutes, right? Hmm. And did qu play quite well in, in the World Cup final. What happened afterwards with um, French fans tearing him apart um, on social media using language that I don't want to repeat here is a completely different story because he missed a chance that was an impossible stop by by Martinez. Okay, well, that happens, right? Hmm. Um, but this player's market volume is only going to go up. So I'm I'm not sure um, if you as a club are served to take that money now, knowing that you're probably going to get that money in the summer as well. And then you're going to add even more money by maybe having another two games in the Champions League and reaching the Champions League again. So for me, it becomes almost like a, a cost balance analysis. Hmm. And Markus Grosche, who was previously at Leipzig, is a smart guy, right? He's the sporting director, and he's probably made that analysis already. But I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Stefan, because like you see that number and you say, wow, they, they, they could make 60 million euros on this guy in six months. Yeah. It's incredible. It's kind of like the answer for yeah, right? No, you're absolutely right. And I guess, you know, reaching the Champions League next season would probably kind of negate the need to cash in for that amount of money um i'm just kind of looking at it from his perspective from the perspective of, of the player's profile and kind of what i mean by that is that yeah. you know we're not talking about a player here who's 19 or 21 we're talking about a player who's 24 um you know we're mm. talking about a player here who probably won't be playing for france at the euros uh, because you know Nkunku will be back maybe he might step in for benzema or Giroud, perhaps i don't know but uh I think it's probably less likely. I, I could be completely wrong, but um, and 
I'm also you also have to bear in mind whether he can maintain this really impressive run of form. You know, you mentioned that the only player who's got more goals and assists than him is Jamal Musiala, and at the moment in time, that's who he's being compared to. That's what everyone sees when they kind of look up the numbers in the Bundesliga, which is you know obviously going yeah. to help with his market value. But if you only if you only manage to rack up half those assists and goals next season, all of a sudden he's a 25, 26 year old striker who can maybe get you 10, 15 goals and assists each season. And that's when all of a sudden, you know, things start kind of crashing back to reality in terms of his market value, in terms of what Frankfurt can get for him. Now, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you in terms of what you're saying as to Frankfurt's overall goal isn't to just kind of farm these young players and sell them onto the Premier League, like some clubs in the Bundesliga, which, you know, we can be quite critical of if we want to. Um, but, um, and they obviously have goals to win things, they have goals to establish themselves, perhaps a top four side to be competitive when they do reach the, in the Champions League. So they might not really care what his market value will be in three or four years. They might not really care that whether they can get 60 million euros from this winter uh, they might not be able to get in two or three years' time. I guess that just comes down to what their priorities are as a club. But um, having said that, I just I'm still not entirely convinced that he's going. I, I guess I just I guess I just have some concerns as to how much of the real deal he's going to be. You know, um, I think he's mm. going. I think he's already proved to be a very good Bundesliga striker. But the Bundesliga has had plenty of those. You know, one guy that pops into my head is Wout Veghorst, who you know scored goals for guns, goals, goals for fun in the Bundesliga for a number of years, uh, and it's it it, it 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 still didn't really translate to a whole lot of usefulness. Obviously, he moved to the Premier League, didn't quite work out for him there. Um, so I don't know. I get, I don't know why I'm kind. Of, I'm, not, I'm not intentionally trying to kind of like uh, <laughs> be pessimistic about his chances. I think he's a very impressive player. I think he's been very fun to watch for Frankfurt. I think they've got a great player in their hands who's done a tremendous job of kind of helping mm. them this season. Uh, I do just kind of wonder if in these situations it's better to strike when the iron's hot um, and just kind of cash in your chips. But it doesn't seem like Frankfurt are interested in doing that. Having said that, they have kind of left the door open in case a club are decide to be a bit silly in January, um, such as Manchester United. I don't really understand why Bayern Munich are being linked with them, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, unless they know something about Sadio Mane that we don't. Uh, but um, And I'm also not entirely sure Manchester United will go in from either because, um, you know, having watched them the other night, it looks as though Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial have been given the print, given plenty of game time and shown that they can do stuff for them as attacking or as strikers. So maybe, maybe the kind of hubbub and rumours and whispers around them are, have been kind of exaggerated. Um, and maybe... Their, their actual genuine interest in someone signing them isn't quite there. But I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see whether, you know, Frankfurt do cash in or they're like, right, we want this guy to stay here so we can keep reaching the top four. Mm. Yeah, I do think the Bayern Munich link is interesting um, because I think what happened, what's happening there is right now, we all know who the number one target is for next summer, right? Um, it starts <laughs> with Harry and ends with Kane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there is there is still not a hundred percent belief that they can actually get this done, right? So as long as you as long as that doubt is there on whether Bayern Munich can do it, right, mm. uh, and get Harry Kane, uh, and don't make make no mistake, they're gonna go after Harry Kane, uh, whether they get him or not, they're still going to try. Um, 
But as long as that isn't done, or as long as you know there isn't an indication that there is still a possibility, uh, either way, I think other names are going to come up. So mm. that's why Marcus Turam is being linked with Bayern, right? That's why yeah. um, Randall Kulu Muani is now linked with Bayern Munich. Um, there's that, and then there's the fact that they like to sign French players. <laughs> this is this is a well-known fact. You know, Bayern Munich love love their French guys um, ever since Willy Sagnol and I guess Vicente Lissarazu. That's been been a preferred option for them. So I, I think you're just going to get these links naturally. And I also think, and uh, this is the cynic in me, there is certain people that benefit from the fact that never Bayern Munich is linked <laughs> because they are a team that spends a lot of money on Bundesliga talent. Mm. It's just how it is, right? So the moment you link them, um, Man United or any other Premier League club that might have be interested and think they can get him on the cheap will get really nervous because yeah. Bundesliga players often stay in the Bundesliga to play for Bayern Munich because it's, that's how you win titles easily. So, you know, I kind of see that as being an obvious link here. But yeah, I think we'll have to see. Kulumuani, I, I personally think, is a, is a really interesting player. I do, I think, Joe, you have a good point with his age. I mean, he is now... Uh, 24 by the time the euros come around he will be uh close to 26 mm. um and there is no guarantee he is in that french squad for the euros um mm. because you know uh, yeah he was very good at the world cup but this french team is incredibly deep so mm. can I, can it I just, is a risk that you take i guess yeah can i just jump yeah, in there quickly before we wrap yeah. this this topic up because i think you actually made a really good point about you raising marcus turam and those comparisons and Another player who um, I think is an interesting comparison in terms of the Bayern Munich links is Sasa Kalajic, who was linked with moves to Bayern Munich. And I think it's worth pointing out here that these are the kind of players who routinely get linked with Bayern Munich without any real concrete evidence behind it or behind it, without... Without perhaps the analysis applied that would suggest as to whether these players would actually add anything to Bayern Munich. Now, you know, I think I think Turam and Klasic are actually probably good examples or good comparisons to Kolomovani where they're both very good Bundesliga forwards. Both could do a really decent job in the Premier League. I know Kalazic hasn't really had the opportunity to do that yet, unfortunately, but I think he will. You know, I think I think he'll do a perfectly good job, um, you know, at Wolves, if I'm not mistaken, before he picked up that injury. Mm. Um I think Kola Moani could 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 earn himself a move just like that in a couple of seasons. But do I think Kaladzic could replace Robert Lewandowski? No, not really. Do I think Marcus Turam offers anything that maybe someone like Chupa Moting can't? Um, no, not really. And do I think Kola Moani um, is a player that Bayern Munich are prepared to spend 60 million euros on? No, I do not. So, you know, these guys are all kind of... I put these guys all kind of in the same bracket. Uh, whether, you know, they're not world-class players. They're not... Uh, Erling Haaland, they're not Robert Lewandowski, they're not Kylian Mbappe, um, and I'm just, I guess I'm at this point in time, I, I still think Kolomani quite like Turam and Kladzic. Um, I think it'd be a bit of a stretch to suggest that someone like Bayern Munich should be spending 60 million euros on him. Yeah, and, and, and they won't. I think they're going to spend <laughs> a ton of money on someone else, but um, that topic has been well discussed. <laughs> <laughs> but Bayern Munich is a good, 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 good transition here because um, Kingsley Coman um, changed his agent, Stefan. Hmm. Um, we all know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what that means. Or we all know at least what that means in terms of the rumor mill. Um, that, you know, that's always 
precedes lots of transfer speculations. Um, he's switched from his relatives to CAA Base uh, Limited, um, quite a big agency, um, just pulling it up on Transfermarkt. Um, but you know, Stefan, you right away flagged this uh, when you saw it, um, and it's it's been confirmed right um, via our site as well. This is this is an interesting one because. Kingsley Coman recently has signed a new contract at Bayern Munich, which is quite a lot of money. Um, but there's always, through his entire time at the Record Meister, been this sort of overhanging narrative that he is not here to stay. And there's always been a few little doubts here and there about the player. Mm. Um, yeah, do you know... I mean, let, let the speculations begin. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find Kings of Coman such an interesting player because I feel like if he had been born maybe five years earlier uh, or maybe five years later, I think he would have been a kind of bona fide, kind of, maybe not world class, but he would have been a really big player, you know? And he's he just seems to have been haunted throughout his career uh, by certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, like you know, at PSG he came through there, where there were other players who were potentially better. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he came through at the same time as Christopher Nkunku. He moves to Juventus. He doesn't quite get a chance to shine there because there's bigger stars there. And this is kind of what's happened at Bayern Munich as well. I think he's actually a very consistent player at Bayern Munich. I know some Bayern fans have an issue with him, perhaps because he's not he's a lot more one-dimensional perhaps than some other players. And we, we now live in an age where wingers can't just be wingers. They have to be inside forwards. They have to score goals as, as often as they assist them, you know, whereas I think he is perhaps more like a more kind of um, traditional winger. Um, and, you know, he's he, and he has kind of been, I think, outshined by other forwards in that team. And you can even apply that to the France national team where, you know, he doesn't even get, I don't think he even starts more often than not. Obviously, Kylian Mbappé Mm -hmm. kind of plays that position. So just about every kind of chapter in his career, he's had, unfortunately, a player in front of him who's just a little bit better. And, you know, there's so much speculation in 2021 about his future. He ends up signing a new contract in January 2022. As you said, uh, with his pit, with his family, as his representatives, and that kind of bad luck has just kind of rumbled on in the sense that, you know, he signs that new contract when there's this young player emerging in the name of Jamal Musiala, who, you know, as we all know, has just gone from strength to strength since the end of last season into this season, you know, um, obviously at the World Cup as well. Uh, and has now kind of established himself as the kind of, not only just the future of Bayern Munich's attacking line, but already their most important playmaker slash forward. Um, mm. Then you kind of fast forward a couple of months to the summer and <clears throat> not only do you have Serge Gnabry kicking up a fuss about a new contract and demanding a new contract to the extent that Bayern kind of perhaps um, reshuffle their priorities in time, terms of attacking players. Serge Gnabry signs a new four-year deal. There's all this chatter about him finally getting to play the positions that he wants to play and a lot of that kind of attention a lot of that limelight gets pulled off of Kingsley Coman so that Serge Gnabry suddenly can feel like he's wanted Um, but that's not the end of it because obviously as we now know Robert Lewandowski leaves the club and maybe someone like Kingsley Coman begins to think well that might free up some space not that he's going to play as a forward player or as a number nine but I might free up some space that he can start you know getting more game time 
But what did Bayern Munich do? They signed Sadio Mane, who you know, isn't a direct replacement for Robert Lewandowski. And to make things even worse, actually kind of plays in the position that Kingsley Coleman wants to play in that kind of left wing, left inside player role. Uh, and then, of course, just for good measure, they always sign. They also sign Matthias Tell, who, although is much more of a number nine, is another forward player, another young player who you know has been picking up mm. game time. So, over the course of the last, well, it's now been twelve months, but even the six months directly after he signed that new contract, it's just kind of been a series of you know unfortunate events for Coleman to the extent where, while you know when a player joins a new agency, it doesn't always mean that he's decided that he wants to begin a new chapter in his career. I would have a lot of sympathy for Coleman now at 26 thinking, well, you know, I could stick around here for another five years and I could probably win another 15 trophies while only kind of playing like a bit part role in most of them. Um, but I'm never going to be the main man when Leroy Sani's there. I'm never going to be the main man when Jamal Musiala's there. Um, and you know Matthias Tell could end up developing into a world class player as well not to mention the fact that Sadio Mane and Serge Gnabry are already you know playing up against me for my position so I don't know I, I'm, I'm purely speculating here I'm, I don't have any inside info I'm not suggesting I'm certainly not trying to rumble the player or you know kind of talk about him demanding that he wants to leave Bayern Munich I'm not saying that at all all I'm saying is that um, you look at the way that Bayern Munich squad is stacked right now and what's happened since Coleman signed a new contract. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have signed that. Maybe I should have moved on. And I could, and maybe I should move on now so I can finally be the main man at my own club. Yeah, you make some really important points here. And I, I may want to just add a few things here as well that, um, I mean, Bayern Munich are now going to sit down with Jamal Musiala and Alfonso Davies. Right in 2023 and assigned them to new contracts. Um, those two deals are going to be massive. <laughs> Imagine Dagobert Duck um, opening his vault, kind of massive. You know, these these deals are fundamentally important for the club's future. Um, and this is important because any money that they can free up to make this happen is going to, of course, help the cost. Right. Mm. Um, I think Bayern Munich is in a position where they where they can't afford losing someone like Afonso Davies or Jamal Musiala because these players would be incredibly expensive on the open market. So you want to keep them. The only way you keep them is to give them every cent that they demand. Jamal Musiala could end up being one of the best paid players in, at the club mm. um, when the dust settles on this. Um, he's that incredibly talented and frankly speaking, you know, he, he might be one of the best players in his gen of his generation not just in Germany, but in the world. So you give him all the money he wants because he has earned that stature. And so you need to find that money. Bayern Munich are a very rich club, but you know at the same time, they have to generate every cent themselves. So they need to find that money. Kingsley Coman could be a really good source for that money, right? You sell him, you make money. You save his ex very high salary. It's around 17 million euros that makes you money, you know, that frees up a lot of resources to sign these other guys to contracts. And as you rightly pointed out, Matisse Tell, there might be a guy there that can not only just play his position, but actually might be better at it once once he grows into stature, right? So mm -hmm. you already have a replacement there. Um, and then we have these all these other guys, like maybe Randall Kolomuani is linked because Randall Kolomuani can also play on both wings, right? Mm. So 
that allows you maybe to reshuffle your board a little bit. It frees you up, frees up money to sign other key pieces. It allows, gives room to a player and his development. And I mean, from everything that we've heard, Matisse Tell is supposed to make a big stump, just a jump in the second half of the season. So you see all of that kind of stuff and you say, okay, well, I've been told by someone who is very involved in the business, in the industry, um, a, a player agent who is very highly regarded, that whenever a player jumps to another agency or a major agency shift, look out. <laughs> it never means nothing. That's what I've been essentially told. And when when this came up, I'm like, okay, well, this means this certainly means something, right? Um, and at the very least, it means that the player might be just unhappy with his situation, or I might say to the club, look. Maybe it's time to to change things up. So mm. it doesn't always mean a move, but it definitely means something. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think you make a really good point about Bayern kind of reshuffling the pack to make some more money because, you know, they have kind of big positions that they want to fill next season. Mm. The most obvious one, perhaps, right now, well, I was going to say striker, but actually perhaps the biggest one is maybe a goalkeeper in the sense that they might have to go out and sign a world-class bona fide goalkeeper in the summer who who could end up costing 40, mm. 50 million euros. Uh, but of course, you also mentioned Harry Kane there in passing as well. Uh, they might need to sign some more central midfielders. Who knows? Blah, 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 blah. But mm. Bayern Munich, although they are one of the richest clubs in the world, although they're one of the, you know, they spend most of their money on transfer, not transfer fees, but wage, wage bill. Um, yeah. They don't do that um, without applying a huge amount of caution and sense. And they, there's just no way that Salihamovic is getting any sleep at night thinking I've got a player sitting on the bench most weeks earning 17 million euros a, a year. <laughs> so it's, it's, he's a very sellable asset. Um, you know, he's a very um, he's, a, he's a very proven player. Uh, he routinely gets linked with moves mm. to the Premier League. Um, and if he's now kind of thinking about his future and he's and he's and he's, and he's um, picked a new agent, then. I really wouldn't be surprised if this time next year or even in the summer uh, there's been some serious efforts to kind of move him on or for him to move on himself. Uh, unless something does mm. dramatically change, you know. I mean, the only thing I can really foresee something changing is um, if Sadio Mane continues to struggle in that role, uh, if yeah. he doesn't really pick up game time. Maybe Leroy Sané has another slump. Serge Gnabry's kind of been hot and cold as well. So... You know, there are plenty of players in that team who, who could quite easily have poorer second halves of the season in Kings of Coleman. And hey, by the end of the summer, um, you know, Julian Nagelsmann may be singing his praises saying, no, I need Coleman to stay. I don't mind if you sell Gnabry. I don't, I don't mind if we offload uh, Sadio Mane. That hasn't quite worked out, but I want to yeah. keep Coleman. But as things stand, Bayern probably have too many wide players. Um, and yeah, I just, I wouldn't be surprised if Coleman's one of the players who moves on. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that, yeah, that, I think that's a really interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, I know you writing something on Saudi money. I I'm, I'm just really curious a with what you're going to write about him, but b also, I'm not convinced a hundred percent he's still here next year. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, something to just put in people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'll just don't think this is a good fit. I I I just don't feel it um maybe it changes maybe he has to get used to the bundesliga um you know the competitions are different but it's it's not exactly been a huge success has it 
No, no, it hasn't. I mean, his underlining numbers aren't that bad. I think, if I'm not mistaken, his XG and his XA is maybe not as bad as expected assist. That is, I, I do keep coming back to the thought that maybe, <laughs> maybe the kind of dramatic emergence of Musiala has, although it's yeah. an amazing thing for Bayern, it's actually caused quite a lot of headaches for the club because it's meant they've kind of had to exaggerate, not exaggerate, accelerate. Um, their development plan for a couple of the more senior players in that team. You know, Coleman's the most exact, most obvious example, but mm. um, maybe Sadio Mane has been kind of overshadowed a bit by Musiala, kind of playing as a more attacking player. Uh, Thomas Muller definitely seems to become, he seems to have aged about fifteen years in the last six months um, mm. because he just hasn't been relied on upon at all. So I don't want to turn this into another podcast where we just kind of uh, gloat, uh, not gloat, actually, we just praise Jamal Musiala because it's so easy to do, but. Um, yeah, it's Bayern have a lot of questions that they probably have to answer in 2023. And they're good questions to have. It's, an, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good problem to have Jamal yeah. Musiala. <laughs> and wait till Paul Vanna becomes who he is. Uh, I was just literally about to mention him as well. I was about to bring him. I've, got his, I've actually got his profile page open in front of me. I was about to suggest he could be another winger that might be asking for game time, but he's maybe more mm, of a central I, player. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Vanna makes the next Germany squad just to scare off Austria. Just keep that in, in your head. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think we, people people have been asking. Um, so I just really briefly want to touch on this. Um, the goalkeeper situation. Look, uh, we've gotten to a point now where things are really, really difficult with Alexander Nubel. That's very well documented. Um, the, the problem that Bayern Munich face is that Alexander Nubel, this would be the right time for him to come back. Uh, but that would be Bayern Munich admitting that Manuel Neuer might not want not come back. There is some people in the industry suggesting that Manuel Neuer is not coming back from this injury. It's simply too much, mm-hmm. right? He's an elite athlete. You never know if elite athletes they 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 think different than most people, and um, he might be able to regain his former form. But bringing back Nubel would basically be an admittance, slight admittance that you know maybe now his time has come and. It's time now to openly challenge, um, challenge, get an open challenge in. Nubel is not convinced Bayern Munich are there yet. That is the issue here. Monaco wants an enormous amount of money to release a player that they don't own, but really want to keep. Um, so that's why you see all these other names. Jan Sommer is the most obvious candidate. Um, Jan Sommer is a short-term fix. Mm. And I think Bayern Munich are not 100% convinced yet that that's what they want. Um, I think it's the likeliest outcome at the moment, but I don't think it's 100% the outcome. This might change in the next 24 hours, so you know, keep keep that in mind. Um, this is why you now also see other goalkeepers linked, uh, because that indicates that the, the club hasn't really made up their mind yet. Mm. So it's extremely complicated, because are you willing to admit that your number one goalkeeper for many years might not be able to come back. Mm. And I'm not saying he's not coming back, but there has to be an admittance that he might not come back. And I think that's really what holds this thing up, Stefan. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the problem of signing Jan Sommer is that he only actually plays well against Bayern Munich. So I'm not quite sure how he do as a Bayern yeah. Munich goalkeeper. Um, there's Kevin. There's talk of Kevin Trapp as well, which would be very typical of Bayern to kind of just That's not happening. kneecap arrival. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen either. Um, I do keep coming back, and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, I keep coming back thinking eventually Bayern Munich might just have to accept the kind of tough reality here and, and sign a top-class goalkeeper in the summer who can be a legitimate replacement for Manuel Neuer. Um, mm. I feel like they've, 
I, I do kind of feel like with Alexander Nobel, they've kind of um, they've they've kind of the chickens are coming home to roost here to an extent. You know, they kind of I'm not going to say they mucked him about, but he was obviously signed under different expectations based on what ended up happening. I think he was possibly signed with promises that he'd be getting game time. Uh, that hasn't happened, yeah. so he said, "Right, well, I'm going to move on and." continue my career elsewhere and he's actually been quite vocal i think he went so far as to say well why would i move back to Bayern munich so mm. you know i think those bridges are potentially even burned um and you know and uh, might not be able to be repaired so that's that's yeah. kind of on Bayern munich in my opinion um for making yes, that so. mistake you know and um so i don't i, I don't really foresee that being an, issue, uh, an option so if if, if they can't get Nobel back and they and then maybe they pick up Jan Sommer for six months and maybe it works. But I just think Bayern Munich are too big a club to be kind of hoping that, you know, Jan Sommer uh, can kind of fill in the gaps, even over the course, because because there's no way he's going to just stick around for six months. You'll want to play next season as well. Um, so, mm. I don't know. It's, it's so, so tricky. It's so tricky. But you see this a lot now because mm. um, goalkeeping is definitely one of those positions where clubs the big clubs are forced to basically just invest in a very good goalkeeper and just spend a fortune on him yeah. and just say, right, well, you know, we'll, we'll make a return on that in 10 years time. And all the best teams in Europe have a goalkeeper who they spent a tremendous amount of money on. So I don't think there's any kind of half measures you can do with goalkeepers in the modern game at this level. Um, so mm. I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure who, who that goalkeeper is for Bayern Munich, but I think that's probably what they will be forced to do eventually. Mm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, and when the time comes and they make a decision, we're going to report on it. Because <laughs> like, I keep getting asked and like I report, I, I tweet about something completely different and some random guy will put in my Twitter mentions, goalkeeper situation, Bayern Munich. Here it is. This is the situation. Um, and when there's an update, I'll provide one. <laughs> yeah, it's probably worth mentioning here that we do we do get a lot of questions from our subscribers uh, for these shows, and we do make yeah. a conscientious effort to try not to repeat ourselves every week on this show. So um, yeah. the Bayern goalkeeping situation is one that maybe can change quite quickly. But I think since we last done a transfer episode, it doesn't strike me as being a huge. A lot's changed in that regard. So. We'll update people when things change, but we'll also not bore you guys every week just rattling on about the same transfer sagas, which, as we all know, more often than not, are just hot air. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This this might end in 24 hours, and it could be a complete surprise. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Um, from what I'm gathering is they're just not 100% sure yet. Mm. And when they are 100% sure make a decision, it will come quick. It will be a very quick decision. Um, and that doesn't mean that any of these names that have been mentioned are not linked. I think they're all in the mix, um, every single one of them. So, uh, yeah, interesting one. But Stefan, we're out of time. Um, it's so happy to be back um, recording this, bringing out content. There's lots of content that have we been doing already. The Substack, I did a Substack on Ricardo Pepe and his situation, whether he's going to be back. Augsburg, you back riding next week as well. Done lots of content on Transfermarkt. I did a story on Josko Guardiol for Transfermarkt today. So yeah, if you want to check some more, more Bundesliga content out, go head over there. Uh, you and I have been doing videos on tra transfers as well, non-Bundesliga transfers, Stefan. So they are on Transfermarkt too. Um, but yeah, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. We'll be back on our regular schedule now. Until next week, auf Wiedersehen. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.